Hello. Welcome to the Dub Talk episode for Tanaka Kun is always listless. I'm so excited for you to be here. Just before we begin, there's a f- few things that I should probably explain before we get started. The following podcast could potentially contain language that is not suitable for some younger viewers, like my younger sister, so viewer discretion is advised. Also, we will most definitely be talking about spoilers for all anime being discussed, especially Tanaka-kun, so if you haven't finished a show that we're talking about, please be aware we might spoil it. We're, we're very sorry about that. And finally, the individuals speaking on the podcast have their own opinions that might not re- represent those of Dub Talk as a whole. So just know that all the opinions expressed are uh, those of Dub Talk's individual participants, not Dub Talk as a whole. On with the show. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I can't do that. No, no, no. Can't do, can't do tired. Can't do listless for very long. I tried. I tried. I really tried. So I can't do it anymore. All right. Hey, let's get on with the show, guys. Welcome to Dub Talk, the show where a group of friends get together, take a nap, chill out, talk about the latest and greatest in anime dubs every so often. I'm Megan, and tonight I'm joined by Amon. Hey. Hello. It's a justice. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. It's okay. I'm, I'm up. I'm up. And no a clue okay master so okay i get it in order to be listless you've got to be really really calm and really really serene i got it okay so after drinking 15 cups of coffee today i'm ready to do this <gasps> no i'm up again uh, okay okay seriously all right time to drop the act hi guys um so tonight i guess this is my birthday yay happy no. birthday happy master birthday, Ron Howard voice. It wasn't actually her birthday the day of recording. It's a month off. <laughs> but that's no, okay. but this is actually not even going up on my birthday. It's going up the day after because my birthday's on a Tuesday, so... Wait, 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 wait. Hold Happy second. Thanksgiving, too, everybody. If it's not your birthday, that would make it your unbirthday. Oh, All right, everybody. Your unbirthday to you, to you. <laughs> Anyway, tonight we are talking about the release, the 2018 release from Sentai Filmworks, a dub of the 2016 show Tanaka-kun is Always Listless, which can be described as the bromance between Ota and Tanaka, Ota a big tall guy, and Tanaka, the human equivalency of being really high. (laughs) My brother smoked pot once. (laughs) He's over there, and he's just sunken into the chair, melting. 
I oh, had yeah. a sister. I had a sister once, and she perfected that invisibility charm so that she's so listless we can't even find her anymore. See, Megan, you joke, <laughs> you joke, but I, I, I've had pot brownies, and that is how I behave when I'm high. So you are correct. <laughs> Dang, that's why we couldn't find you. Amon was gonna clean his room, but then he got. <laughs> he was gonna get up and find the broom, but then he got. This is this is why I don't. <laughs> I get da, it now, da, I get it. Da. So this is why we couldn't find you at A-Fest. You were there, you were just so well hidden on pot brownies, we couldn't see you at all through the whole this, weekend. This is why I don't partake too often. I don't do anything <laughs> while I'm high. I just lie there. <laughs> just blends right in. Can we test this at A-B? <laughs> anyway, enough about the pot jokes. None of us are going to jail Mom's gonna that, be Megan. pissed. Full disclaimer: we, we do we do not endorse the 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 um, unlawful or irresponsible usage of narcotics on this podcast. Yeah, yes. please Dude. please vape responsibly, children. Dude, please get high responsibly and legally. Do not hotbox a box <laughs> in front of the Funimation <laughs> Studios and claim that your space battleship Yamato twenty three oh three. Dude, are we that's like a, in a classroom? That's a little too specific, Megan. I have a feeling that was based on a real event. <laughs> no, but it was based off a previous episode, so... <laughs> Please do not perform Harold and Kumar go to Anime Expo. <laughs> anyway, so uh, sp speaking of this show about listlessness... Listness? L listless listlessness is, is a hard word. Tanaka-kun is tired as balls. Tanaka would- Tanaka is basically a- a high school student who would rather spend his day napping, finding places to nap, and would actually try to kill the gods for messing with his naps, <laughs> and gets around with the help of his pal Ota. Also, in the words of ProZD, oh, they fucking! Oh, they- they fucking. <laughs> I think we got about two episodes in before we all turned to each other and said, oh, they fucking. I mean, Oda carries him around like a sack of potatoes. You know something's going on. There are full Oda would totally win the wife carrying contests. There are full <laughs> scenes where where Tanakun actually like turns straight to the camera and almost says, "If I ever get married, I would want to have someone like Oda." Because this show knows what audience it's catering to. Doesn't Oda like Tokyo Drift in one scene with Tanaka in his arms? Da na 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 deja vu. Running I have been to in this place. The 90s. I have been to this place before. Guess what? It's time for the director. <laughs> Aha, segue. Wait, 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 wait. Hey. This <laughs> wait, this show got a dub? No, 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 that can't be right. This is like this isn't a good show, but this doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would get an English dub. No, 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 no. You must be mistaken. No, you do this gets an English dub if Megan sits and whines at Sentai for an entire year <laughs> in person at a con going, Hey, it's really nice that you guys decided to go and dub uh can you guys dub Tanaka Kun? I will legitimately buy the limited edition set if you make one. It all makes sense. Though. And then they did. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. So if anything, this is my fault. It wasn't even just a release. It was an LE as well. And not just any LE, the Behemoth limited edition. Like, like I, like I, I think I will send the editor a picture of this if they don't have one themselves. This thing is so big. It comes with a hardcover art book, 
guide for the show that has, like, episode notes from the Japanese director. It has, like, little four-coma mangas from the original manga author in the back. It comes with song lyrics. It comes with character profiles. It comes with a Blu-ray, the DVD, the soundtrack. And it comes with a bunch of physical extras not limited to door hangs and a sleeping mask that is Tanaka's face. I feel like we should go. We fully pre- we should fully preface that we we are in no way endorsed. We're just really big fans. <laughs> Please, I love this show so much. <laughs> By the way, for science, I saw I figured out how many other Sentai Blu-rays you can fit in this box. <laughs> okay, how, how many? The answer Blu-rays? is eight. The answer was eight. You can also that does you can put also fit. You can also fit in the first season and the season one part, season two part one of My Hero Academia in their boxes. Like, you don't have to take the DVDs out. You can also fit both seasons of free, and if you take the movies out of their box, those all as well. But anyway, back to what we were talking about, the director and the writer. Uh, Obviously, because this is a dub review, we are not going to be making any predictions. Um, So, starting off, our director is one Mr. John Swayze. And our writer is Miss Marta Bechtel. John Sweezy, you will know, is the director of Squid Girl Season 2, Ushio and Tora, as well as the dub cast of Review Starlight. Marta Bechtel has written series such as Tomiko Love Story. Okay, that's a movie. And also did the uh, the dub cast scripts for Devil's Line and Mr. Tonegawa. So, for tonight... <laughs> you were n- This is a no Zawa Zawa zone. <laughs> You are not allowed to Zawa Zawa until we're done. Okay. You can only Zawa Did you eat- Young man, did you eat all your vegetables? Um... Yes? I- That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. I see two Brussels sprites. No Zawa Zawa for you. Uh, so I guess we're gonna go in the order of, uh... Let's do Noah, Roots, Amon, then myself. So, Noah, start us off. Sweet. Absolutely. This show was something that I honestly knew about, but I had no intentions of checking it out until Megan asked me if I wanted to be on this episode, which is, turned out to be really good because this is one of the easiest shows to watch, at least for the shows that I've seen so far this year. And that's saying a lot considering the fact that it's a show that kind of lends itself to potentially boring some people just because it's very low-key and it's very lax. And, but it's in all the good ways. It, it kind of taps into that part of your brain where you're relaxing, enjoying it after sipping a cup of hot cocoa on a rainy Saturday afternoon. So how do you translate that into English with John Swayze and Marta doing their best? Because it's a show that could have lent itself to a whole lot of loose interpretive writing and trying to make the jokes funnier and poppier than they were in the original Japanese, but they didn't do that. Um, they understood that the appeal of the show really was the lax atmosphere and the occasional spouts of silliness. Like, there's some scenes where the characters have, like, romantic misunderstandings with each other, and those could have been so over-the-top as to not be funny if adapted incorrectly in English. So, for John and Marta's part here, I really had no problems with this. This is the kind of dub that didn't even feel like there was a Japanese portion to begin with, and that was great. Alright, uh, Roots? Yeah, going off of what Noah was saying, I, um... I actually do really appreciate that they were a little bit tighter with their translation than most comedy dubs Sentai does these days. Like, they actually make some really good use of the translation notes that pop up every now and again. Like, I really like 
that it really kind of fit the slow pace of the show itself. It it was never really a a bust your gut laughing show, but more of a uh, you know you get sensible chuckles like multiple times throughout the show. It's and I really like how John Swayze and Marta Bechtold got sort of. Uh, how do I word this? Um, Atmosphere? It, yeah. Like, it's it's a very slow-moving show that, to me, it was really hard to binge-watch. Like, it, it felt like the kind of show you sip, as opposed to, you know, shotgunning it over the course of, like, four days. Now, have, but, you, ever, have you ever watched Lucky Star? I have not. Okay. I was, I was going to try to draw a comparison to that, and I wanted another person's opinion who is like never seen, who has like just recently seen either show, because I had a similar. I know a lot of people say similar things about Lucky Star and that you should not marathon it, but because the show kind of reminded me of that too, and it's lax slice of life atmosphere. Yeah, this is like this is like slice of life taken to the logical extreme. It, it really um, is. Like the casting was great, and we'll be getting to individual characters throughout the course of the show. The scripts really felt polished. And I gotta say, like, even even the dub audio was mixed kind of mellow and quiet, and that was something I really appreciated out of the uh, out of the engineers and mixers for the show. Yeah, like, even for the characters that weren't mellow and quiet themselves? Yeah, more or less. It's probably kind of aided by the music, too, because, like, they had, like, coffee house music playing in the background. It just kind of lulls you into the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really nice and pleasant show, and I'm really glad that that atmosphere was reflected in the dub. Good job, John and Marta. All right. Amon? Uh, yeah, I'm... <clears throat> yeah, I'm very much in agreement. Uh, one of the things I enjoyed about the show was it's... Like, it's very slow, uh, not slow, but, like, it had a very calm, specific pace and a specific rhythm to its comedy, and I thought the dub did a very good job of capturing that, and I think, like Noah was saying, avoiding the urge to, like, try and punch up the jokes of the dialogue too much, because uh, I know a lot, a lot of times when I think of Sentai-type comedies i think i feel like they're they're more much more willing to be kind of loose and loud when it needs to be and i liked how this one maintained like no no this is the this is the anime equivalent of a hot cup of chamomile tea on a wet day and i thought it did a wonderful job of capturing that in the direction of the writing and keeping that sort of slow pleasant rhythm uh throughout uh, you know e even during the more air quotes here manic portions of the show it did a, uh, I thought it just did a wonderful job maintaining that sense about it, where, you know, it's it, it feels sleepy in a nice way. And I appreciated that. It's so very what good. was the point of the show? The point of the show... The point of the show is just take your time, man. Just things will resolve themselves and life is long, not as short as you think it is. I, I so just... Okay. Take your time. That, that comes off as a bit weird to me that this got greenlit for production because, you know, Japan is a country that... Japan is a country that loves to um, emphasize, you know, like, hard work and fidelity to society. So imagine a whole country of nothing but tonicas. I mean, I mean, Japan's also a country that is a small cottage industry based around going, getting coffee while petting cats. 
Okay, okay, so, fair like, enough. Fair. Maybe this was the happy balance between Noah. Yes. You know who also really likes this show? Everybody. Fujoshi. <laughs> well, <laughs> hmm, hmm. <laughs> well, there wasn't. I don't know. There really wasn't that much like uh, you know BL kind of baiting in the show. Really, I, I it's really... BL. It, it's okay because it's like. It's it's like why does free exist in the form that free exists? Well, well, well like, because uh, free does free exists because women went. You keep telling yourself it's that. just it's <laughs> well animated water, you know, for the Sakuga crowd. That's the only reason. No, you're like the guy who walks into like a a pool with like cabana boys in like the tiniest micro thongs and you're like oh boy look at that pristine pool come on kids oh and uh sarah can you uh put a towel on over that look at that dive how graceful god that's just i just imagine noah just like rolling up to the hotel pool and like Appreciating good-looking men like a sun hat in the is very very straight. All right, I'm just putting that out there right now. If you appreciate a good-looking, well-chiseled, oiled young man with a nice muscle build, that's incredibly straight. <laughs> anyway, uh, Amon, are you good? I'm good. Okay, so I will admit that there is one reason and one reason only I watch the show in Japanese, and that's for the guy who I totally watched this for Tanaka Seiyu because I love him. Um, Are we going to tell the story about the uh, the Twitter chat? About how you didn't know which Ono it was? <laughs> Where I'm just By like, the way, it's Kencho. So the easiest way to tell is there are three Onos. Uh, they are respectively the last three Joe stars as well. Which That's helps. hysterical. Daisuke is Jotaro. Yuki... Yeah, Yuki is uh, uh, Josuke and uh, Kencho is Jorno. So if you can imagine, Tanaka is played by the same guy who is a JoJo. No. Um, so, so, yeah, that's why I watched the show in the Japanese. I will say this, though. I really do appreciate this, because I forgot how genuinely funny this show can be at times. Um, and one of the things I really appreciate is that Marta Bechtol never made the show go, as a writer, go off the rails in the way other comedies can do, other comedies tend to do. Because... I think sometimes people see like, oh, this is a comedy show or a slice of life show. And that's kind of the free reigns for it's time to be liberal. It's time to be more liberal with your script, which sometimes it can work because I'm not going to lie. And this is going to be a hot take. That's probably going to get my ass kicked on Reddit. Uh, Sometimes it's needed because frankly, no one would have ever remembered my first girlfriend is a gal if it wasn't for the (laughs) script of that show. I mean, you're not wrong there. Uh, but just, I really love some of the lines in this show where, if I can find a couple that I put down, because there are a lot of really good ones, uh, I think one of the ones later on in the series, it's when, uh, Tanaka is talking about, um, Aichan, when she brings him over to Oda's house, and he's like, you know... Thanks to this, I've had a sudden intervention into your character. Um, you're a surprisingly good person, despite of how you look. And honestly, it's kind of ruining my fantasy of you. Can you please maintain some level of horribleness? <laughs> and it's a lot of things like that. That the writing is very blunt and direct, and I like that for the show, because sometimes 
it's obviously not a one-to-one translation, but it is faithful enough, and for certain characters, being very blunt about things is what the point of their character is, Tanaka especially. And then you have characters like uh, Miyano, who are all over the place. The one thing I will say, and I don't know if this is on John a little bit, um, the pronunciation of one character to another, and that is uh, Icon... Icon? Uh, saying Miano's name as Miano. Like, everybody else was kind of saying it, like, one way, but then she was saying it another, and I didn't know if it's her giving the character a nickname. Um, it felt it, like it to me. But I feel like because... It, yeah, it felt more like because she equated her with super cuteness, so she was intentionally trying yeah, to... Yeah, that's what I, I was getting. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't... Mm. But the show itself never made that clear, so that's why I kind of was like... Is that something that's from the original Japanese? Which I haven't watched, unfortunately, like, since the show aired, which is almost two years ago now. Which is a little over two years ago now. Or is it her being... Or is it something in the dub to make her, uh, this very gruff, Yankee-looking girl seem to like cuter things? Um, the one thing I will say, though, and I'm, I'm happy Roots brought it up about the mixing of the show, is while I do appreciate it on a technical level to maintain the mood of the show... It's a little bit bad for when you're when you're watching dubs and like sometimes you have to get up and you're unable to pause something like cuz you're turning your head away for a second. And there are sometimes I missed certain lines. Like I think I had to clarify it with the guys was um because again I hadn't watched the show in a couple years. Um when they talk about how they knew a certain character was faking something because of the way that the mix was and the character was already- I think they were already getting the actor to whisper kind of a lot of his lines. I missed what they were saying completely. And that's kind of a doubt- a turnoff for somebody who's just watching this casually. That if the mix is super soft, sometimes it kind of bites you in the ass even if it's keeping the mood. But overall, I really do appreciate John Swayze's efforts on this. And I will say, I've actually been super surprised by a lot of his dubs that I've watched this year. Uh, because I also didn't think that the dub of review Starlight was going to work, and he proved me wrong there. So, uh, I like watching John Swayze dubs, and this is really strong. So, aside from a minor nitpick or two, uh, I think it was a great effort. So, are we good to move on? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So, with that being said, uh, let's get into the sister act. <laughs> sister, sister! There, there's a reference for uh, you 90s kids. Two references, actually. <laughs> Damn. So, there. these are the two sisters of our main characters. There is Saya, who is Ota's little sister, who is very shy and very quiet and doesn't seem- only seems to have one eye because her hair covers the that other poor one. poor girl was born with uh, the unfortunate <laughs> disability of only having one eye. It's so sad. And then there is- Reno, a tiny gremlin girl who is Tanaka's sister, who is very diligent and very much loves her big brother and doesn't want Ota getting in the way. And she goes as far as to give him bitter chocolate for Valentine's Day and be a massive little ball of shit. And so, and actually calls him Mr. Obese, which is really funny. And I like how they, they kept the text on the screen to explain what the joke was for people. Um, and yet somehow she became best friends with Saya. So, playing Saya is Allison Sumerall, and playing Reno is Brittany Karbowski. Allison Sumerall, you will know as 
Hinako Inui from Food Wars, Azusa Sawa in Girls und Panzer, and Asuka Nakamura in Ushio and Tora. Brittany Karbowski will know as I Shindo in Beyond the Boundary, Kei Shindo in the EF franchise, and Karen Tendo in. Oh my god, that's the fucking character! Wait, wait, you mixed up the character. That's the wrong Karen! <gasps> they're both named Karen! Uh, okay, okay, okay. They're both played by Brittany, they're... and they're both named Karen. Okay. Karen and they're both named Karen! Karen Ijo from Review I Starlight. Know. Thank you, Karen, Karen Ijo from Review from Starlight. Gamers. Gamers. Gamers, thank you. My apologies! <laughs> they're both named Karen! They're both named Karen! You keep telling yourself that. It's like they're ba- they're basically the same. E- they're like almost the same character too at points. So they're both like they're both obsessed with getting this, the person that they like to do the club activity with them. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned yeah. Karen from Review Starlight though, because I'm just watching this role and the whole time I was thinking, man, Karen really had an emo face before she went to say Show Music Academy. <laughs> Damn. I know, right? Damn it, Karen! Get out of Hot Topic. <laughs> you. It's time to make the dumbest joke of all time. Karen, before she was at uh, Seisho Music Academy, was into Boku no Chemical Romance. <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> Put the black hair dye down. No, no, it's okay. No. Put it down. I mean, it doesn't help that she has Tanaka's genes, so, you know, she was kind of geared towards that to begin with. I think I personally offended Ahmad with that joke. No, that was a good joke. I approve of that one. <laughs> <laughs> That that gets the Amon stamp of dumb puns. No, you stupid guy, Gene. It's Boku no Chemical Romance. Anyway, (laughs) Noah, go ahead. We're just throwing out all the references. (laughs) Please don't die on us, Someone out there, Jared Way, perked his head up and thought, someone made a joke I understand. (laughs) What? What? So I'm trying to talk about these two. Um, I was honestly hoping that they would have a lot more to do. Because, unfortunately, um, even though Saya is, like, really prominent in the opening and the ending credits, she doesn't really get a whole lot of screen time. I think she gets one episode in the Mickey D- Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Wiki D's restaurant, where we find out. And you could tell right away that, oh, this must be Oda's sister. Because we'd known going into this that he had a little sister. And we're like, okay, the next short, blonde-haired girl that we see is going to be Oda's sister. And there she was. But, honestly, for as little amount of screen time as Allison had... She did a good job with it. Um, she had, like, probably some of the more spastic wild takes, and that's saying a lot considering some of the other wild takes we'll have. But uh, when she was just talking in a normal voice, she probably had the most normal-sounding, if we can even call it normal voice, of all the actresses in the show, which is good because you're kind of a mix between over-the-top actresses in the best way and under-the-top actresses, which we'll talk about in a second. So I appreciated that Saya's performance in English was like you know more on the more on the normal side, I guess. And I absolutely love Reno because um, I, I love that Brittany, despite the fact that you can tell it's her in almost all of her roles, always finds different ways to you know play around with her natural naturally cartoonish voice. In this case, she has this very hushed, uh, whispered, sinister voice to her that you can tell right away that she's plotting world domination. And I love that about her. Like, all of this is not the kind of sister that you want to have, but you enjoy watching her from beginning to end. And so for the few episodes we see her in, she really plays up the character without becoming uh, monotone. That's the one thing I was worried about with the way that she speaks is that she might be more monotone, but she wasn't. She was 
Um, to, so it, again, it's sinister. You can like you can feel the cackling in her voice and the plodding and the wheels turning in her mind as she thinks, "How am I going to keep an eye on my brother and make sure that I don't have to share him with anybody?" So, yeah, I love Brittany and I love Allison's performances. So, not sisters I'd want to have exactly, but a lot of fun to watch other people's to have as their sisters. Brittany Karbowski, I gotta say, plays a really good shit gremlin. <clears throat> Like, <laughs> like, she is mischievous, she is conniving, and all of this in, like, a monotone, not quite monotone, slightly robotic, but not quite monotone package. And, like, a lot of the comedic timing of her lines is just really, really great. Uh, kind of a shame there's not much to Saya. I do... I do like the scene where she's kind of whispering to Reno what she wants to be said to uh, Tanaka. I I thought that was really cute, and I thought the delivery was really good. And like, I I like both of these performances, but unfortunately, there just really wasn't a lot there to be said. So, I mean, they they get my thumbs up nonetheless, but they just really didn't have much of a presence in the show itself. Well, we have to fill our little sister quota for a 2016 series, right? Eh, true. I mean, we, we could be honest in that as much as the show has a lot to enjoy, there are cliches all over the place. Right. Yeah, it's not the most original show in the world, but it's adorable as hell and really enjoyable. And that's mm -hmm. really all that matters. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to make a very adorable wheel. I mean, hey, My Hero Academia ain't reinvented the wheel and see where that's got it. Ooh, yeah. you're gonna get some angry comments for that. I love My Hero Academia, I, I know, though. I know, but you're gonna get my, my... people saying, like, um, well, actual version of the superhero comic that has never been done in anime before, and also, Todoroki is my waifu. I will hear nothing to the contrary. I don't know who I'm imitating. What? Anyway, uh, Amon, your thoughts on Sister Sister here? I, I enjoy these two a lot, although I, I agree, I kind of wish they had been in the show more to do more. Um, I, I liked Allison as Saya. I thought she, you know, is very, she's very shy and reserved, and I liked um, that Allison presented that very well. Uh, you know, especially, and, and she and uh, she and Brittany have a lot of good interaction together, I think, in that one episode where they're at the non-union Japanese equivalent McDonald's. And, yeah, they're, they're, they're very charming. Uh, and I, I really liked Brittany as Reno. I thought she just did a wonderful job being just so conniving and mono-focused. Uh, like, I, I especially enjoyed the bit where she she's found the recording of them at school, and she's listening to it, and all she can hear is Oda's stuff. And she's so annoyed by this that she misses things by, like, it turns out her brother doesn't actually like chocolate, but she's so angry that she can't hear her brother talking that she just sort of glosses over that. Um... It was a lot of fun. Uh, if there, if 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 some point in the future this gets a second season, I could see a very fun uh, B plot for some of the episodes where we see what they're doing at school and get this weird uh, distaff version of the of uh, uh, Tanaka and Oda, where um, the other one's very assertive and the other one just has to communicate communicate whispers all the time because they don't want to talk too loudly. Uh, yeah, they were they were very cute, and I do wish they had been. A little, a, a little more prominent in the series overall. So, I really do wish that Saya of all characters was in the show at all, because I have had mixed feelings on other shows that I've watched uh, Alice and Sumerall in. 
Uh, mainly, if I'm correct, she was Mia in Monster Musume, and I wasn't super fond of that performance. Uh, but she was really cute here as Saya, and I think she got a lot of what Saya needed to be down. Brittany Karbowski as the shit gremlin, though. <laughs> you can call um, her that. I love- She's a grem- no, she's a little shit gremlin. She is! Like, she, she's she a lovely is. Little, a little goth baby, and I want to take her Hot Topic shopping. Come on! Come on, us! <laughs> Reno, we're gonna get you a new pair of trip pants. <laughs> we're going to buy you a $300 pair of jeans that already have holes ripped in them. <laughs> and a Ramones t-shirt. <laughs> oh, no, no, forget that. I'm getting a Sex Pistols shirt. <laughs> She's like... Little girl, that's gonna be like, you're gonna like walk into the mall and it's like, Sir, why is your daughter wearing a Sex Pistols shirt? She's not my daughter, she's my sister. <laughs> You've made American it sister or Japanese sister? American sister or Japanese sister? American? You can go. Okay, can we get like... I, I'm... <laughs> Can we balance the two out and just get her a Fallout Boys t-shirt? Close enough, sure, why not? <laughs> but no, I the thing I liked about Brittany Karbowski's performance was that it was probably the most mellow Brittany Karbowski character I've ever seen in my life. While at the same time, just being the most bitter 13-year-old girl you've ever seen in your life. Because this bitch drinks her coffee black. <laughs> that, that episode threw me off so much. Like, Jesus Christ, what are you planning your 401k after after school, Brittany? It's not gross. It's delicious. Well, didn't she, like, she retched at the end yeah, of the Yeah, she ended up being, like, admitting she the coffee was gross yeah, she and She intentionally stuff. kept it black because she wanted to get Odo's reaction to see how his taste buds actually work. And I, I love the little pop-up on the screen that said, as he's drinking it black and he's like, Mmm, delicious! And the pop-up goes... He usually adds three sugars to his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, one of my other favorite Oda line moments in the show is, um, I think it's in the festival episode where Tanaka goes, Hey Oda, this ice stall, this shaved ice stall has unlimited syrups and, and flavors. And his immediate reaction is to see, oh, there is a god and run down the, the slope, <laughs> which explains a lot about Oda. Um, I mean, I'm gonna admit, I'm the kind of guy who adds a splash of coffee to creamer, so... I like my sugar Get, with coffee and cream. I'm just like looking at, I'm looking at like, I'm just imagining Roots getting like one of those, do you know those like two giant gallon like, um, coffee mate creamers that people get? I do get those. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just imagining Roots just like putting a little bit of coffee in there and just <laughs> chugging it. More than everybody. Inject this straight into my veins. This isn't the character I thought that Brittany Karbowski would actually be playing in this show. Um, when I heard that she was in it, and I was just like, oh, really? Like, she's... I would have actually... I'm, I'm, su- I'm very happy she is this. Because I actually would have seen her as being, uh, Shiraisi. Oh, the, really? Uh, one of the other girl, older girls. Okay. I felt like she could have worked there as well. But I'm happy she's not, because I really like her as Rinko. Because she is just, like... She just always, like, whenever it comes to Oda, one of the things that I like about her performance is it feels like she's clenching her teeth and saying everything. Mm-hmm. Like, why is he here? <laughs> oh, hey, br- br- hi, Tanaka. Why is Oda here? And, like, I think one of my favorite interactions in the show is, oh, obese, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm really bad with names. And then she calls him Mr. Obese again later. <laughs> Because, like, I think Oda's pun. name can be the word for fat fat in Japan, so... And I liked how they kept the pun in there with her character. 
But overall, I do wish they were both in the series more. Uh, that being said, are we ready to move on to the more uh, testosterone, one of the more testosterone-filled segments of our uh, show tonight? Certainly. Wait, I believe so. there's testosterone in this show. I, there's, there's so okay, much. Okay, I'm gonna pull out my book for something about Oda, and you guys are gonna be amazed. Oh boy. No, uh, hold on. I will get to. I will get to it when we talk about Oda. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Let, let's. T in this very manly show, where it is perfectly acceptable to want a tall, manly man to be your wife, I think we should move on to talking about some men. So we are going to talk about the two least, uh, the two least awesome men in this show. <laughs> that being uh, Shimura and, Ka and Kato. Uh, they can just be described as those two guys in Tanaka's <laughs> class. Wait, wait, I, I got, th I, I got this, I got this. Okay, Megan, you've seen Lucky Star before, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, there, there's one scene where where a couple of the characters show up and they're like, "That's so like, uh, that's so like her." What does she think we are? The background characters? That's these two characters. These are basically those guys. Yeah, they, yeah, these are these two guys. They have stuff to do and they have lines, but they don't have a whole lot more to do other than they are the background characters. They are obligatory yeah, Shimura, male friends. Yeah, Shimura is the one that's like, they're both kind of like, we're going to get the ladies. Shimura is the more uh, ladies one. And Kato is the dumb one, which I think is an episode one where it's like, dude, I know after they, when they're trying to figure out like what's wrong with Tanaka, it's like, dude, I know what it is. Yeah, they're in love. And Shima looks at uh, Kato and goes, if you don't know what it is, just don't say you don't know, you idiot. <laughs> so... Uh, playing Shimura is Bryson Begas, and playing Kato is Scott Gibbs. Bryson Begas, you will know as uh, Tsutomu uh, Kamano in Chihara Furu, Shoya Hinata in Haikyuu, and Belle Crane in Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Yes! Scott yes, Gibbs, you'll know as Han... <laughs> yes, so yes it is! It is so wrong! Stop it! Go get a real life! <laughs> Why does this even have a question? Look here, is dungeon the key? Is dungeon like a code word for like keeping a girl locked in your basement? I hope not, but probably. <laughs> uh, it's Isakai. What else is new? Um, Scott Gibbs, you'll know as Johannes Hans uh, Kleinman in Devil's Line, Sora in No Game No Life, in Shinpachi Nagara in Hakuoki. Scott Gibbs will you will will also remember half of this podcast for cleaning house at that high dive panel once upon a time. <laughs> we got to meet him. He's a very nice guy. This is true. Um, that's that's where Roots got. Uh, Roots won the uh, I'm going to jail mat. Oh, the infamous tale of the jail mat. Uh, the jail mat, which we will not tell tonight, but you'll I, hear it one day. I'm assuming day. this was all at so, Anime Boston, right? Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll tell it really. I'll tell it really quickly. Basically, we went to a panel called High Dive Game Night. Uh, while there, they were asked. They were basically describing shows on their library with clues. To which our entire row, they stopped. They're like, you guys are banned from playing after a while. Because we knew everything in their library. And uh, eventually we would win prizes. So eventually Roots got his turn and he went up. And they gave him a playmat. Which is for like card games like magic and all that stuff. Uh, so when Roots opened the mat, it was a no game, no life mat. That oh, was... God. Underage jailbait girls in skeevy outfits. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of them had, like, a pair of panties in her mouth. <laughs> like, this was... Yeah. Like, this thing was raunchy. And I just looked... I just look at everybody and I hold it up and I'm just like... <laughs> 
I'm going to jail. <laughs> jail. <laughs> because I and I love I love you very much, Roots. Roots is the last person, appearance-wise, who should ever be walking around with jailbait material. Yes. No. No. That's okay. You can say that. This is true. Andrew is second on that list. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, so those two guys, Noah, take it away. So I under ever since the glory days of the uh, key visual novels, it's been a, it's been required for all shows like this to have additional male friends because you can't have just one gender. You know, you got to diversify a little bit here. And in these two characters, we get um, I guess we get a little bit of variety in terms of what else high schoolers are stereotypically supposed to be like. You know, they're. They're not so bright, they're very interested in girls, but they're also good pals with each other, which is kind of a saving grace on these two, because both of them are good pals, and they will help each other out, and in doing so, they stop from being just like, they're not just there to make Tanaka and Ota look better, they're there to, uh, you know, round out the classroom a little bit more. Uh, in terms of performances, Bryson uh, is the glasses character, so of course he's going to be given a bit of a slightly higher pitch with uh, heavier emphasis on syllables to make him sound more nerdy stereotypically which isn't which actually isn't such a bad thing it you know it gives a little more flavor and it makes him sound different than all the other male characters so by contrast scott gibbs's kato is a lot uh, you know is a bit of a more hyperactive voice and is very excited and peppy and keeps it loose he's actually the one who in listening to it i think sounded the least like he was in a Booth. Like, he sounded at least like he was on a microphone and acting. He sounded like they just let Scott Gibbs loose in the recording booth and let him go to town. Just let him have some fun. Um, there's not really a whole lot about, like, character development, but there's not really a lot for any of these characters. But they fill out their roles well, and, uh, again, they made me forget that there is a Japanese dub for this to begin with, which is, like, the number three thing you should be able to do in an English dub. So, good on Bryson, good on Scott. They... They were good other guys. I saw Shimura and Kato as basically the Greek chorus of the show. They were relaying like minor bits of details about the characters to the audience. And they were basically there to provide a little bit of exposition. Be a little bit funny doing it, but mainly flesh out this this class and uh Grayson and Scott both gave very good performances. Unfortunately, the characters just, by design, are meant to more or less blend into the background. So I really don't have particularly strong opinions either way on either of them. But in all, I thought they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm in agreement with that. Uh, I didn't find them like... They certainly weren't interchangeable performances by any measure. I thought both uh, Bryson and Scott did a wonderful job, but the characters, just as they're written, they're they're those two guys, and they they comment on things and they help fill out crowd scenes and so on. Uh, but writing wise, they're a, I would be lying if I didn't say they blended together a little bit in my memory. It's just kind of the buddies. <laughs> which one is which? I don't know. <laughs> Where is necessary for the joke to work? Um, but I, in in that capacity, I thought both of them did a uh, wonderful job. They were good comedic foils, and you get wonderful things like that bit in the first episode where it's like, if you don't know what the answer is, don't say anything. <laughs> uh, it, there, there, 
they were they were they were not given. They have, they fell into that trap of just playing characters that don't necessarily give them a lot to work with as actors. But I thought they uh, did a very admirable job with what they had to work with, and I thought I enjoyed them a lot. Thumbs up. That has a good point to bring out. Like the the best actors are the ones who can like bring something out of nothing. Yeah, it's like um, I'm. Like, right now, just about finished editing uh, Mr. Tonegawa as of recording, and that's sort of like Yamazaki and Simon Saburo, so... Mm-hmm. Because at least two other people on this episode are going to remember that conversation. Yeah, no, I have to definitely agree about Bryson and Scott's uh, Shimura and Kato. Um, I actually would. I actually thought they were the reverse when I was watching the show of actor to, uh, to character. I actually thought that Bryson would be the more kind of... Um, upbeat and kind of dopey uh, Kato and Scott Gibbs would be kind of the more ladies man laid back uh, Shimura and I was thinking in my head like have I ever heard Bryson play this type of character and then I remembered I watched some of Darling in the Franks I wish I hadn't um, it happens but no those but uh, oh who am I kidding Bryson's one of the best parts of that dub so I can't be too bad um so, but I really, I, I do definitely agree. Bryson and Scott bring out a lot of them. Um, I think the the most that they ever do in the whole show is the, the Haunted House episode, to which um, they were pretty great about. They were kind of pretty great in that, um, just being those two guys. And I do agree that they did bring something out of nothing. Um, Noah, were you saying that Shimura kind of has a little bit more of a nerdier voice? At least in the first couple of episodes, because um, you know when we do these podcasts for the record, yeah, because I yeah we write down our notes. Yeah, because I can agree that part. his voice definitely did kind of evolve as Bryson got a little bit more to do with the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, uh, Shimura also has probably one of my favorite moments in the beginning of the show, which is if you don't know what it is, don't just say yes like an idiot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And I like that they never went out of their way to make Kato sound, like, super stupid in his voice. Like, giving him, like, the stereotypical, like, Oh, okay, I'm the dumb guy voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know why my dumb guy voice kind of defaults to Kermit, so... My voice gives me super um, strength. Yeah, to default to Tristan. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> there I you go. turned into a monkey. <laughs> nah. Nah. That's Joey, but... I uh, know, so are we good to move on to uh, probably the biggest set of characters... Uh, the Teen Girl Squad! Cheerleaders! So-so! What's-her-face! The ugly one! So so I was going to ask, which one's which? What was it? Cheerleader would be, uh, me and O. Definitely. Uh, uh was it? It's Cheerleader, so-and-so, what's-her-face, the ugly one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think, uh, so-and-so is Shiraisi. And what's her face is Aichen. <laughs> None of them are ugly. Oh, that's undeniably no. true. None of them are the ugly one. Um, so, uh, Miano is a girl in Tanaka's class who is super short and super energetic, but she wants to be listless and mature like Tanaka, so she begs him to take her on as his apprentice. Uh, and you find out it's because she loves someone and wants to balance out their relationship. The person that she wants to balance out is... Uh, Aishin, a thug Yankee-looking girl who wears a long skirt, has pierced ears, and is also Ota's childhood best friend and next-door neighbor. She loves cute things and mostly Mayano. Also, they're lesbians! Oh, lesbians! Harold, they're in lesbians. <laughs> uh, 
And then there's uh, Sh- Shirase, who is the class rep of Tanaka's class. A perfect girl who gets chased around by guys who are personified as bears. There's the um, ugly one. <laughs> it's the bears. Like, it is literally a bunch of dudes. And they are, like, after you meet them once, they are never personified as humans. They are only personified as meat-seeking animals. Which I find really funny and kind of oddly poignant. Um, but you find out that Shirisi uh, or Shirisi is not as perfect as she thinks. It's all an act because she was lonely in middle school and decided to make herself perfect. But as Tanaka says, if you shine too brightly, no, you cannot let anybody in. And she eventually uh, becomes the token heterosexual <laughs> of the cast and falls in love with Tanaka. Um... But she has a hard time getting close to him, which also results in probably one of my like favorite moments in the show that uh, that uh, Miano isn't as dumb as she looks, and she just texts. Uh, she's like, "Oh, let's all exchange uh, emails to each other," and she just sends to her, "I'm rooting for you, girl." <laughs> and she, she's like, "What the hell?" So, playing Miano is Monica Rial. Playing uh, Zen is Lucy Christian, and playing Shirase is Stephanie Whittles. Monica Rial, if you live under a rock, plays characters such as Mitsuki, uh, Mitsuki Nase in Beyond the Boundary, Yuko Amasawa uh, in Deno Coil, and Yu Kashima in Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Lucy Christian, uh, if you also live under a rock, is characters such as Nakisa Furukawa in Klinad. Uh <laughs> Noah's gonna hate me for this line. Uh, she is Tsukasa Taira in Devil's Line Wait, and Tenzing in the Tibetan Dog. Uh, Stephanie Whittles is Megumi Sakura in School Live. She is Toka Toto in Chivalry of a Failed Knight. And this is going to be important later. She is Irina Naki- uh, Nakari. Or is it Nak- Nakiri or Nakari? I think it, it looks like Nakiri. It's uh, Nakiri. Okay. Naki- okay, yeah. she has Irina Nakiri in Food Wars. That is important for later on. Um, Put a pin in so, that one, uh, n- mm-hmm. Noah, talk about the Teen Girl Squad. Oh, absolutely. Th- this is where most of my notes were. So if you've gotten this far in this episode and you thought, well, they haven't said too much yet, this is where all the notes are going to go. So we'll try to keep <coughs> this interesting. By the way, if you've gotten this far in the episode, the key word is macaroons. So if you put that in the comments, we'll know that you got this far. So speaking of macaroons, let's talk about Miss Macaroon, shall we? Because, uh, yeah, Shiraishi is, uh, Stephanie Whittles is one of those actresses that can kind of go back and forth in terms of favorability depending on what kind of role you give her. Um, in stuff like School Live, she's unnaturally sweet and adorable. And in this, she seems to even turn that up even more in this show because I definitely heard in the show some of her voice from her teacher in that one and it sounded like she just turned up the sweetness even more um and even when she goes into her quote-unquote normal uh persona where she puts on the glasses and puts her hair up like a teletubby she still keeps that pitch which is kind of a hard thing for some actresses to do you know she still sounds like the character depending on regardless of what side she goes on um as for uh miano miano is I'd be biased if I didn't say that she was my favorite because she's uh, incredibly fun to watch as uh, someone who was also a short high schooler who had an ample amount of energy. Oh, who are we kidding? I still have an ample amount of energy. (laughs) Uh, She's a lot of fun to watch in terms of uh, just 
someone who wants to be more lax. Um, that actually caught me as uh, really profound in a show like this because uh, high schoolers seem to uh, go through that phase where you're trying to kind of like change who you are to be more of the person that you want to be, and that's what she's doing in the show, at least for like one episode. After that, she just defaults back to I'm I'm a spastic, over the top ball of cute energy, and I can't even be scary in a haunted house, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, and really, Monica is perfect for that. I've got nothing but good things to say about that. She's all her usual hyper enthusiasm, like you could tell from the first line. That's Monica doing a Monica role. And that continuous ball of energy is highly sought after in a show where most of your characters are much more lax in the slice of life persona. So she's not out of place, you know? You would think she might be a little bit annoying in her continuous bouncing up and down and saying, Master! all the time. But no, she, she's just the level of sweetness we needed for this. And to catch out the sweetness... Oh my god, Lucy Christian can do everything under the sun, it seems, because her Aichizen is something that I don't think I've heard her quite do before, except in one other show. Have you all seen a little show called Azamanga Dayo? Yes! I... No. Oh, we, we need to change that, because in Azamanga Dayo, Lucy plays the character of Miss Yukari, who is the teacher who... <laughs> is basically a big kid and that is really what she's she's doing yet in this show too she's doing the um you know she's trying to be tough she's trying to be that gangster persona but really she's just a big ball of fluff on the inside and her voice like if you've listened to clan ad you're used to lucy doing her nagisa voice which is much more moe much more cutesy and if you've heard her and stuff that lets her put on more of an adult voice like maybe as a banana in review starlight that's also a different kind of voice. This one's kind of like in between the two of them. And she kind of retains that same pitch, regardless of if she's going to her cutesy phase or if she's going into the uh, I I'm seriously pissed off phase, which she does really well. Like, she's actually intimidating in some portions of it where she's trying to be tough. So, yeah, th this is a well-rounded group of teen girls that each of them sound different from each other. I'm trying to think of like negative things say like they should have done this or they should have done that but really for the four coma gag manga style that all three of them are part of in this show they're really good they're really fun to listen to and once again they make me forget that there even was a japanese audio track to begin with because they just sound so iconic for their characters that was a lot of ranting i apologize for nothing onto you roots <laughs> all right um Let's start from the, uh, let's go down. Uh, Monica Rial's Miyano. Uh, Monica Rial is just naturally a big old ball of energy, and she transfers that well into the character. I kind of like how she starts out with the, uh, with her switch all the way up to 11 on the, uh, on the energy, <laughs> and as the, as the show progresses... It slowly gets dialed down, but not by much. Just to the point where it's barely noticeable. And she's sort of getting a more mature grasp on, like, being peppy and energetic and, like, being okay with that. Like, I, I really appreciate that out of the character, and Monica Rial did a really great job. Uh, Lucy Christian's Echizen. I... I really like... 
uh, Lucy Christian's, like, ball of angry. Just, like, being ready to smack some sense into people. But really, she's she's just, like, <laughs> gentle. Like, I, I really like the gag in one of the middle episodes where she's... She's walking with uh, Tanika down the street, and then this big old thug is just like, yeah I'm, oh, yeah, I'm here to give you what I owe you. And it looks like he's about to punch her, but then he just drops like a like a 10,000 yen thousand bill yen or something note. into her hand. He's just like, yeah, you really saved my bacon back there. Thank you. Like, that was, like, that was really funny. I, I also like the scenes where she's doting over Miano and, like, the cute little pet names they give each other. And, like, they're totally in lesbians with one another. Like, it, it's just it's just cute and sweet. And I swear to God, if anybody eludes Miano, I'm coming to your house, <laughs> kicking your front door down, <laughs> Twisted Sister style, and playing an electric guitar terribly. <laughs> but wrapping things up, uh, <laughs> Stephanie Whittles as Shirase. I'm sorry, that's just an image that none of us are gonna get out of our head now. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying. Oh yeah, baby, time to time to lewd Miano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bitch, it's the police. <laughs> this is the police. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this image of put your <laughs> roots. Put your hands up. I'm sorry, wait, there's a more urgent call. What do you mean the guy on Apple Street is looting Kana? Oh. <laughs> um, Stephanie Whittles is Shirase. Like, like Noah was alluding to, I really like that there were two very distinct sides to her personality. And they, like, they had their own unique inflections and little quirks to them. And I, like... I really like the fact that uh, Stephanie was able to keep those two more or less distinct. Like, that's... I would imagine that's really hard to do as an actor. And, like, pulling it off as well as she did, that is... That's really impressive. Um, I... God, what what was the episode I really liked with her? Um, I want to say it was The Festival... She's hanging out with everybody, but then she's also not able to actually go to the festival with them because she's already going with another group. And, oh, you know what? Actually, the last episode, I would say, is even better, where, like, she's trying to get Tanaka's attention on, like, the day everybody switches their desks around, and, like, that sort of doting this like I, I i really like that and she she did a really good job all three actresses did a really great job thumbs up god i have the opening stuck in my the i think the ending the opening is like really chill shit and then the ending is just like da, 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 da. i know i really like i i really like the music on the show like I, I meant to comment about it but uh is it me or did anybody else get uh animal crossing vibes a little bit yes yeah. I meant to open this up. I meant to op say that before. Uh, but one of the Oh yeah, by the way, one of the things I really like about the guidebook of this um, thing is it has character profiles and it asks for all the way to the girls and all the girls say no. <laughs> and uh, uh, Reno says, did you say something? <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, Aman, your thoughts? Yes. Um, I enjoy these three. This is a wonderful bunch of performances. Um, 
Star off, uh, Monaco is just delightful as Miano. She is uh, just a perfect little ball of overly excited energy. And just, especially during the periods where she's like, I'm going to be just as listless as Tanaka. And she's trying so hard to be listless and going about it in just the wrong way. <laughs> and it's just so adorable. Because it's like, you're trying so hard to the point- I'm going to be listless by doing this Pablo Escobar level of cocaine. <laughs> I'm going to be uncomfortable levels of lethargic. Exactly. <laughs> oh! It's just, it's so- I'm sorry. No, it... no, I'm just imagining Miano doing a line of coke. What? No, 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 Didn't no, no, no. Did we just no, talk no. about this? No, 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 no. We're not looting her. We're just having her do profane acts. No, no. This is like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the scene in... It's... I just said! Somewhere, somewhere out there, there is someone getting a tattoo of Miano doing, like, a line of cocaine, but instead of, like, a coke straw, she's doing it, like, through a pixie six straw or something. No, 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 no. It's not, it's the scene from Scarface where Al Pacino just puts his face in the pile of cocaine and inhales deeply. Nosedive! It's just got the stupidest, happiest grin well, on Well, now face. that it made the internet hate me. Uh, hey, you got any of that plutonium Nyborg left? <laughs> I'm on get I like how we've single <laughs> I like how we've had single-handedly weed and cocaine <laughs> jokes tonight. Who are we putting on Molly? Uh, that's, that's for the after party uh, rave. <laughs> Tanaka Kun's rave. It's literally everybody just laying on the floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I can I see said. it. Everyone's passed out on the floor, but with, like, giant strobe lights still going in the background. <laughs> like, not even the DJ's playing any music. He's just... <laughs> He's just, <laughs> just no, asleep it's, um... at, the, at the turntables. Oh, boy. No, no, he's on the turntables, just, like, spinning like... very slowly. <laughs> it's just Tanaka, like, sleeping on the turntable. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, love this God. ride. <laughs> The record's this making my be... arms move, and this isn't comfortable. <laughs> but we'll get to that a little later. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm on, I'm sorry to it's all right. hijack your thing with coke. It's all right. <laughs> it happens. Um, you know, Monica's just delightful. Um, and I particularly like her uh, when she's interacting with... Uh, who is it? With Luch Lucy as uh, each is in, because they're just they're so adorable. They they have no business being a couple together, but they're so cute. It's 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 almost it's I'm almost offended. How dare you two be so adorable? And uh, my, uh, Lu Lucy Lucy's great playing like you know this tough delinquent character. But by far my favorite part of that is the one where Miano's given her a bunch of cookies. Which she can't bring herself to eat because they're too cute, and Miano and Miano gets mad at her because she thinks there is no heterosexual explanation for this. I mean, I mean, if, I mean, like this, this is what this is something I meant to check and never got around to in the Japanese. Is at one point Miano calls Ichizen. She says, "I love her," and I I meant to go back and see like what form of love are you using? Mm. But I, like, I mean, really, when you get down to it, it's like no, they're they're clearly dating. Like, there's no other explanation for any of this behavior. <laughs> But yeah, no, the best part is just, and she's just completely at a loss to know how to, she's completely thwarted by this, like, adorable girl who is half her size. And it's like, just like, oh, 
This is this is sort of cute, but also you poor sap. <laughs> and then and then of course you get you get the buff dude cookies at the end because she doesn't mind eating buff dudes. Oh, I forgot she about buff those. Dude cookies. The CG. The CGI buff dude cookies. Were those cookies are, uh, or was that just like molded chocolate? No, it was Valentine's chocolate. That's right, it was chocolate. But just that 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 whole episode leading up to that, just absolutely beautiful. They're 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 a they are a delightful pair. I love uh, they're great. Uh, and Stephine was wonderful also as Shiraishi. I also thought she did a wonderful job of capturing the two sides of Shiraishi, where initially she's like, I'm the prim and proper uh, class president, I know what I'm doing, and so on. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to put this much effort into it. This is exhausting. I'm gonna put my <laughs> hair up and put my sweatpants on, and no one will come in here. Yeah, nothing about this can go wrong. And she did, a, she did a, this is she did a, a great one, plan, a great plan. Uh, but yeah, no, she was just a lot of fun playing this like character who's like tr trying to be very serious, even though she doesn't necessarily want to. Uh, and then learns to accept that, which is nice. Um, and watching her moon over uh, Tanaka is also just entertaining, because, like, I, no, no, I don't think anything's going to come of that. Even even if he didn't have a boyfriend, I feel like romance is too exhausting for Tanaka. <laughs> it's, too, it's more energy than he has. Well, I guess I'll, I'll trudge down this aisle. Ah, uh, this is too much. Can we turn this into a moving sidewalk that just carries me up there? And holding my arm out to put the ring on is too tough. Oda, can you hold my hand up so I don't have to lift it any further? I gotta carry her back to the car. Ota, will you carry both of us back, please? Okay, that's a legitimate thing. It's like, well, what would your girlfriend think about that? It's like, you can carry us both. Yeah, what would your girlfriend think about that? <laughs> They're a package deal. Buy one Tanaka, oh. get one Oda free. This is my husband Tanaka, and this is Tanaka's husband Oda. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, no, all three of them were just absolutely delightful. They were, aside from the leads, they were my other favorite set of characters to watch. They're just absolutely great. Yeah, no, I I love all of these characters. They are so entertaining. Uh, Monica Riala's Miano is. This is, like, a character I think, like, only Monica Rial can nail in the English version of a show. She is full of energy. She's upbeat. And it is also utterly hysterical in the second half of the second episode where she is listless because of the idea of people in mascot costumes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot about that. Like, like, I think there's, like, a speech she, like... And, like, Ota, and, like, she's, like, her teacher's, like, Miata, where were you? And then, like, Monica in, like, the most kind of, like, Monica doing, like, her, like, kind of, like, child character voice, but also being, like, as listless and, like, kind of, like, deadpan as possible. I was out dancing with the northern winds. <laughs> that, the reaction. And she just delivers it. Like, everyone's, like, what the fuck, lady? I was, like. Oh, look, Monica got into the edibles. <laughs> Coming full circle. <laughs> it was one of those reactions like, where, was... like, like it, it, the classroom is just so taken aback by by their normal hyperactive ball of energy being this mellow. It was a great reaction yeah. shot. And then Oda bring, leaves her the uh, the milk, 
Which is really funny because, like, previously yeah. in the episode, you see her being like, I want green tea! And it's just like... It's just like... And she's like... And I love I love uh, when she comes up to the vending machine, Oda, like, in the most Oda way possible. It's like, oh, hey, Miona, uh, uh, do you want the strawberry milk? I can hit the buttons for you because she can't even reach <laughs> the vending machine button. Like... Which also leads to probably one of my other favorite moments, which is uh, towards the end of the show, uh, they rearrange seats, and Tanaka gets put up at the front, and Miano of all people, <laughs> gets put behind Oda, and she's like, I can't see! There's just this vast wall of black in front of- the blackboard in front of me! And the teacher's like, uh, Miano, that's not the blackboard, that's just the back of- that's just Oda's back. I, I, I... And then that's like one of, probably one of the more energetic Tanaka moments, but I just like how Monica had this like thing of being really energetic. She has the one mellow and then she does what a lot of Root says. Um, but I also love how she bounces off of Lucy Christian, who is so gruff as uh, Ikezon. She is gruff, gnarly uh, biker chick who loves cute stuff. And I just like how she's only not gruff and awful when she's dawing over her little girlfriend, she's like, Miano, you're so, uh, Miano, she calls her, I think. Like, I want to say um, that the, um, which, like I said, I, I want to say the, yeah. the pun in Japanese is probably like, Miano or something. It, it's actually, I was looking this up. That is the joke. Okay. That is okay. The joke. So it is that it sounds like yes. a cat. I mean, it, okay. it, it comes full circle so, in the, the Haunted House episode because Miano is supposed to be like this demon cat character. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, she's the cat. The, 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 um, I, I, you can get your picture taken with the not-at-all-scary demon cat. <laughs> which I also be loving that episode where you have to see Lucy Christian fake being uh, a maid girl for her class. And then she, get out. Tanaka, ignores her. She's like, I'm gonna kick your ass! Get out of here! <laughs> and they're like, no, you can't do that, Aikazan! But I, I like when she also has that moment where she thinks that Ota and... Tanaka are asking her out and she gets all like super kawaii anime girl <laughs> um and then she realizes it which leads to probably one of my favorite payoffs in the series oh no we're not asking you out you see I just your name is so long can you please change it to something shorter <laughs> and she's like what the fuck is wrong with you two <laughs> the, the show but, this show is like Gamers level of romantic interest misunderstandings fueling everything. It's it's hey, you know the part of gamers that a lot of people don't like? What if that was funny? <laughs> there you and go. And now I'm going to get angry comments. It's... Now I'm going to get angry comments again. Kino, I really like gamers and I think everybody else is wrong about it. So and then actually probably who I like the most out of these three is Stephanie Whittles, who I'm not gonna lie, I've never watched the Food Wars dub. I've never watched School Live and I own it now. I've never seen Chivalry of a Failed Knight. I have not watched a lot of things that she is in. I have heard a lot of people bad-talking her earring of performance. That being said, I loved her as Shiraisi. I thought that at the beginning, and this is where I thought I wasn't going to like it, I thought when her first uh, couple interactions with her were really forced... But that's the point, because she's forcing everything about herself. And I love the second that she flips the switch back to being a little, like, she kind of goes full Umaru, 
that mm. she was perfect, that she was... Like, I just like the idea. She's like, God, I think the line in it that got me the most is, God, why is my skirt so short? How does anybody find this practical? <laughs> and she's just, like, unrolling her her school skirt. And I just loved every second of it. And I loved her flustered noises. I loved her uh, kind of coming to the realization that she is in love with Tanaka, unfortunately. And that he is a moron and will never notice her. <laughs> Uh, I like her, I like everything about this character, and a lot of this character is just really real, especially about the parts about maintaining appearances, um, for people, and then not, and being more relaxed when she can just literally take off her pants. So, I, again, I agree with what a lot of people said here, and, uh, I have nothing more to reiterate. So, are we ready to get down on one meet and meet, and meet the parents? I mean, uh, wait, wait. the main characters? <laughs> I just wanted to point, what, yeah, one, thing, so. one thing, one thing I... I wanted to say one thing about Miano's character. Okay, you know that one bit in the episode where they get all excited because of half-off donuts? I'm just imagining, okay, let's do the scene from Scarface, but instead of cocaine, it's powdered sugar. <laughs> just throws her face in donut sugar. God. Alright, I'm I good now. actually want to do that. I would actually want to do that myself, so... <laughs> Just throw yourself I want to get chocolate They don't have good like Publix donuts are like my least favorite thing from their bakery. Oh so. god, we've um, got frosties and holy donut up here. Oh my god, they're so good. Oh god. So are uh, you guys getting the munchies? Lead... <laughs> I want I, some Tim Hortons. Unfortunately, I can't just run down to to frosties and get donuts because they're only open from like five a.m. to like eight. Boo. And they always sell out of their stuff, too. So that's always fun. But where's a stoner supposed to get their baked goods? We can't all go to Drunken Donuts. Come on, man. Have some standards. <laughs> this said no God, Denny's. that place is a mythological... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a Grand Slam... A Grand Slamwich? I think you want a Grand Slamwich. <laughs> I will thank all five of you who know what that's a reference from. <laughs> anyway, so our last two characters are our two leads... Ota, the a big, tall, caring man who everyone should admire and marry. I think one of my other favorite lines of any background character of the show is, Who is that boy? I want to adopt him. <laughs> Oda is... I want, to, I want to bring this up. Oda is strong as fuck, by the way. Uh, oh god, the man is uh, swole. He can ru he yeah, the man is a swole motherfucker. Uh, I'd like to point out that uh, according to his his character bio, he is six foot even. Okay. Oh, he's as he's as tall as I am. Jesus. Yeah. So about yeah. mine and almost height. <laughs> and he weighs about one hundred and fifty nine pounds. Uh, his best friend slash a uh, boyfriend slash a classmate is Tanaka, a listless young man who wants to spend his way his days lazing away in the in the uh, proper way possible. Uh, I would like to note this out, but Tanaka is five foot six, so Tanaka's a little taller than I am. Damn. But one of the things I would like to note that at various points of this show, you see Tanaka being carried by Oda as Oda is full sprinting up the stairs. Yeah, this is... I'd like to point out that just... Tanaka weighs just over a hundred pounds. Like, this is... Just flopping about in the breeze. And this is, like, a full-on, like, potato sack carry, too. Yeah, Tanaka is, like I just said, 106 pounds. That's right, Oda is strong enough to carry a grown 5'6", 106-pound man up the stairs. With one arm. F-arm. <laughs> With one arm. 
and Tokyo Drift. Uh, so obviously at Sentai Filmworks, they needed the strongest man they could. So they got Andrew Love. And when you think of Tanaka, you think of the sexiest voice you can at uh, Sentai Filmworks. So we got Blake Shepard. So, Andrew Love, you will know his characters such as Akio uh, Furukawa in Clannad, Takio Goda in My Love Story, and Sentaro uh, Kawabuchi in Kids on the Slope. Blake Shepard, you will know his characters such as Iki in Amnesia, Laito Sakamaki in Diabolic Lovers, just for you, Gigi. And uh, remember how I said Stephanie Whittle's character was in love with Tanaka? Uh-huh. It's funny because Tanaka is played by the same person who plays Selma Yukihara in Food Wars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so, Noah, go ahead and start us off. So, um, uh, Megan, you mentioned something about this is like uh, a Fujo's uh, favorite kind of show, right? Mm hmm. W- would these two characters happen to be the reason why? Yes. Well, in that case, uh, I guess we better get two actors who are. Um, really appealing uh, male voices and in this we, we've got a really well-balanced group because um andrew's ota is it, it's it's a lower voice but it's still genteel it's the kind of um lower uh young male voice that honestly i can see a lot of uh, girls getting very excited for and i like the fact that um you would think that um he would try to be like super contrasting to to tanaka by being like much more energized, but no, he's actually pretty mellow too. He's got this nice, uh, like, um, uh, what's what I'm looking for here? It's like he's not himself listless. It's just he's very serious about things. You know, he he takes things from straight from point A to point B in his acting, to the point that I think he's uh, you know he's gonna probably be a very good husband someday. And Andrew's performance of that is uh, to the point that. Uh, it, it didn't. It's not grating, and it's continuously funny in scenes where that kind of deadpan humor can be a miss if you're not a really good comedic actor as well. But Andrew pulls it off continuously throughout the show. So good on Ota, and Blake Shepard. Oh my goodness! But what did? <laughs> okay, this is um a voice that was just dying to be gotten wrong. Just absolutely dying for someone to screw up because. Voice acting. Everyone who, a lot of people who get into voice acting, will continuously say that they wanted to get into it because they wanted to do, you know, fun roles, over-the-top roles, roles that are like part of cartoon character kind of sounding. This is like the antithesis of that. This is a character who has to continuously sound engaging while being on the verge of falling asleep. This is a flat-out narcoleptic role. I get props to Blake. He did a really good job. I think his uh is a way his secret his trick to pulling that off was he he ovulates the voice um and with the pitch by making it go up and down when he's speaking almost like a lullaby or a like a storybook narrator voice so that even when he's saying lines that ask to be spoken in a flat voice he still has a voice that is engaging with his thought process like where he's talking about how he wishes the entire world was in a way so that everyone didn't have to work hard and everyone could just relax all of the time. It's never boring. It's always engaging and he's almost got like this Zen philosophy uh, mentality to him. He thinks very hard about being listless. He's not, he's like super passionate about being lazy, which is kind of a contradiction in and of itself. But, um, and as I was saying about some of the other characters, 
they made me forget that there was even a Japanese track to begin with just by being really good in English. Like, no, at no point did I really want to switch over to the Japanese to get the Japanese archetypes. These guys filled their archetypal roles really well into the point that um, I honestly think that if I was so inclined, I could watch another 12 episodes of the show if they wanted to make it too core. So wait, you would take a nap if they made it two cores? No, no, I'm saying I would watch two. I would watch two cores of these guys again. Like, like I already mentioned that this reminded me of, oh, of Lucky yeah. Star a bit, and that that was a two core show that I actually enjoyed. Like, I didn't get bored with that show. This is the kind of show that's so mellow and so uh, inviting in its mellowness that you could watch like two more seasons of this show. Damn straight. Mm. But, but of course, yeah. I've got the huge uh, backlog that I don't need more extra shows to watch. I've got so much on my plate, man. <laughs> you have no idea. I, I just downloaded the, oh, the I Disney do. Now app. No, no, no. I mean, no, you've got all of your anime. I've got all of your anime and all of your cartoons in one giant backlog that will never get finished. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have to. Press F to pay respects. <laughs> Alexa, that's so sad. Play Despacito. <laughs> And the mood, it is gone. The mood, she is gone. When the, the mood, the mood is the mood was found dead in Miami with the Ico and Creation dub. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> that gets you three macaroons. <laughs> I'm sorry, the original Ico and Creation mm. dub. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, roots go ahead. Tanaka bides. I don't know about you, but I take comfort in that. It's good knowing he's out there. Tanaka, taking her easy for all us sinners. Tanaka, you're Jesus now? <laughs> thanks, 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 Sam Elliott. Oh, but I yeah, see your like, reference. Oda and Tanaka are about. like... <laughs> I'm talking about the dude here. Uh, but in all seriousness, like, Oda and Tanaka are like... Some of my favorite, like characters in a Sentai Filmworks dub so far. Oda gets some of the best comebacks in the series, too. Like, just out of nowhere. Um, like, there was there was the line about shaved ice that we mentioned earlier with the, uh, there is a god. And, um, in that same episode, I mean, it's... Like, I, I wanted to say, yeah, Tanaka, you do you, but... Like when he's trying on yukatas, and he wants to put on one of the uh, one of the women's ones because they're they're easier to put on and they're not quite so much work. And he's just like, "Yeah, don't do that, Tanaka." Like that that is Andrew loves Tanaka, or I'm sorry, Andrew loves Ota <laughs> at his <That's> best. <laughs> God, it's it's like the chat all over again with with the Onos. His, his Oda is so so calm and he's big. He's he's got a little bit of gruffness to it, but it's it's like a gentle gruffness. It's it's lumberjack gruffness, I guess would be the term. Like he, he's a good dude, and he takes care of Tanaka. He. Like, they're, they're good buddies, and Blake Shepard's Tanaka, like, I, uh, god, I really like his, Blake Shepard's Tanaka, it's, I, I had mentioned this in the group chat for, for the episode, but it almost kinda has a little bit of a Tina Belcher vibe, 
where it's just that that ultimate level of chill and it's it's slow it's kind of whispery but not quite and like he just he just delivers his lines in this beautiful deadpan throughout the show even like even when his uh, his uh, emotions are heightened it's just very slightly bringing it up and like that was I, I really liked it and the both of them like did a really good job <clears throat> uh, I'll have a little bit more and final thoughts but yeah they they both did really really well with their roles yeah uh, these two are absolutely great um, I'll start I'll start with Andrew Andrew was really fun as Oda uh, as you noted, Oda's, Oda's just a big, strong dude, even though he's a teenager. And a Andrew, Andrew, and it's gonna sound dumb, but like a Andrew, Andrew sounds like a nice, a good, a good piece of wood, not in a flat Ooh. way, but just like a good, sturdy, reliable thing. Uh, Ooh, he just has that be very much. Me. Do you want to reward that because you said he sounded like a big, strong piece of wood? Oh, that is bad, isn't it? Uh, he, he, he just, he sounds like, he sounds, you know, strong and reliable, but not like in kind of like a, not like a gruff badass way, just in the sense of like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll remember to pay his bills on time and he'll be very responsible and he'll put, put money inside in the bank, uh, when necessary and that kind of thing. Um, it's just this very like nice, warm, strong tone that he brings to Oda, uh, which often I find just helps make, uh, like a lot of Oda's... You know, he's not quite the straight man to Tanaka, but he's the more serious of the two, I guess. And he just he'll, he'll just say something completely absurd in just the most straight-faced way, and it's just delightful. And Andrew Love's performance just really brings that out for me. You know, I love the bit with the shaved ice, for example. Uh, he was just delightful to listen to. He's just yeah, see, it's just such a nice voice. It's just nice to listen to him. Uh. And Blake is also just so good. Uh, he brings the he you buy him as somebody who's listless, and his performance never devolves into feeling flat or like uh, I don't know, like too quiet. I guess like it's always the right level of you know bringing you know he he has that lack of energy, but it never becomes boring to listen to him. Uh, and he, he, he just sells it so well. A, a highlight for me, I think, is just the whole episode where it's raining. And Tanaka just keeps trying to find ways to not get rained on. Eventually peeking with me with him just standing outside. It's like, if I stand outside in the rain long enough, maybe I'll evolve a force field to make the rain stay off me. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, oh, Tanaka, you live in your own strange little world that we only get to visit sometimes and it's, it's a magical place there uh, Blake's he's just so good he's just so good at that that is such a performance that I feel like you could have very easily uh, it could have just like it could have been done very very badly I think without a lot of trouble just because of what the character requires and I thought Blake played it so very well like I, I was Noah I could easily watch like another core of this. Uh, this is just, it's, and their performances do a lot for that. Like, this is, these are like, there's a concept in, 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 there's a concept on the internet of what's called a hangout movie, 
which is a movie you kind of put on because you'd almost just want to hang out with the characters while they're doing stuff. This is a hangout TV show. I'd be happy to watch these these characters just do whatever for the rest of time, and it feels like it would be an absolute delight. And I think these two in particular are part of the reason why I felt that way. Thumbs up for both of them. They were really good. Um, I really, really enjoyed the two of these guys, and I didn't know at first how Andrew Love was going to work, uh, mostly because the last really big um, comedic thing that uh, I had watched Andrew Love be the lead role in was My Love Story, where Takeo is 100% over the top all day, every day. And he is also another big dude, deep voice guy. But Oda is so also kind of mellow and laid back himself and goes with the flow. And I like that he didn't have Andrew Love never yelled as a character unless it was over something sweet, which he loves, or if something bad was going to happen. Or if he had to, like, grab Tanaka and pull him out of the way. And I love that his delivery was very much like, oh, well, uh, this is my life now. Uh, I'm I'm happily married at the age of like 16 to another man, um, and I think to me one of my all-time favorite deliveries in the show is uh, when Tanaka goes to the store and they think that his sister wants pancakes, <laughs> <laughs> and as Tanaka's walking away, uh, Oda's standing there and is like, "So is this a sense of accomplishment parents feel after their child does something right?" <laughs> This is a nice feeling. It's such a shame I'm feeling it ten years too early. <laughs> and I just thought his delivery for like stuff like that. And I think to me, one of the other funniest moments in the show, and it's probably one of my other favorite things that Andrew Loves does, is that you find out that Oda is terrified of ghosts. <laughs> and they do the they do the stereotypical the ring joke. And Andrew just lets out this shriek of terror before Oda faints. <laughs> And it's just so good. And the thing that I like is that he was very much... You could tell he was very much a kindred spirit with Blake Shepard's Tanaka, but he was never the same level as Blake Shepard's Tanaka. Blake Shepard's Tanaka barely either... Like, 100% of his... Like, a combination of his lines were delivered in whispers, uh, snide comments, or just very, very much like, I'm gonna take a nap, I'm gonna take a nap right here voice. Um... (laughs) And I love that, which is, like, to talk about our wonderful friend Gigi, to her, Blake Shepard is the king of uh, Sentai sex appeal. Like, I mean, this is the guy whose character in Amnesia stood outside of a girl's balcony drunk screaming at her. And, you know, uh, pinned a girl up against a tomb in a sewer and drank her blood. I- I- I've watched strange things with Blake Shepard in them. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I have so many questions. But I love... Okay, you've watched him. Yes, but I haven't watched Diabolic Lovers. And you don't need to. (laughs) Are you sure? Because you're making me kind of want to now. Listen here, if you want to add that, if you want to add a dumpster fire to your backlog, go ahead. Um, Diabolic Lovers is one of my guilty pleasure shows. Um, But no, I really like that Blake was always kind of very mellow, and I like when how matter of fact and very blunt his delivery is. Because you could say, like, can you please stop being, like, can you please keep some level of awfulness to you? And then there's, you're ruining my delusions of you. Please keep your level of awfulness to your, so that I can, like, 
the way that he delivers things as Tanaka is very much like you can like like Noah said, this is a role very much waiting to be going to go wrong. Uh, this is a role in a show that he is the linchpin. The show is about Tanaka's listlessness. Even though Oda is and Oda is very much the audience's way into this world, it all does hinge on Tanaka's performance, not cocking it up. And I think that Blake nailed it. Uh, so with that, I, I'm good to move on to final thoughts, so let's start with Noah. Alright then. Because um, I'm glad that we get to talk about the philosophy of this show now. Because I went into this, like I said, with Megan asking me if I wanted to be on this episode. And I didn't quite know what the point of the show was at first. Because, and they even point this out in one episode. Tanaka is not the kind of character who should be the lead. He should be a background character or one of the friends. No show should have him as the lead character, the the apathetic utilitarianist who wants to do the least amount of work to get by, and yet they made a show out of it. And uh, you definitely were right, Iman, about how this was a hangout kind of show, because that sort of super slice of life show, like, like to the point that there's no magical elements going on, there's no uh, shonen powers, it's, it's a slice of a world of characters that you kind of would like to hang out with a little bit. Like, you just enjoy their company, you enjoy the music, you enjoy the atmosphere, and you enjoy their slightly wacky escapades. So with all of that, you need a lot of actors who are really chummy with each other. And of course, even though dubs of this age are all recorded individually, there is a, there is a real sense of camaraderie amongst all of the characters' voices, bouncing off of each other, having different interactions. I think that's one of the saving graces of this show, is that everyone has a different relationship with each other. It's not just, uh, these two characters only exist to be friends with Tanaka. You, you can see, like, the relationship between Ota and Shimura, or between Miyano and, uh, Saya. Like, like, you could feel, like, what they would act like if they were all in one setting together. They kind of tease that a little bit in the opening, where they're all having a picnic together, which we don't ever actually get to see happen, but... That, you know, you get such a sense of their characters from the English dub that you could kind of imagine what that would be like if they all hung out together. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're working on OVA for that somewhere down the line. So, yeah, for something that I had no idea what to expect going into it, and coming out of it very quickly, like, I think I started this a couple days ago, and easily blitzed through all 12 episodes of it. Really a big surprise, and definitely the kind of relaxing show that I needed to balance out some of the more hardcore things I've been watching recently. So, thank you, Megan. This was a good birthday present for everyone. Uh, Roots, go ahead. Yeah, um, this was a really pleasant show. Um, and probably one of my favorite Sentai dubs of the year. Like, flat out. Even... Even taking Mr. Tonegawa into accord, which I really, really enjoyed as well. Like, I really liked Mr. Tonegawa and sort of the the screwball comedy of the old ABB days tone it had. But this really wasn't that. It was really nice and relaxing paced. And, like, the characters really didn't get around to doing much and that didn't matter because they were fun they had personalities uh the the dub actors did a really good job getting in their shoes it like noah mentioned it felt like they were all in the same room dubbing at the same time and it was 
like it was just overall a really good experience and i'm i'm glad megan invited me onto this episode as well that said i really can't suggest watching it all in one sitting i would really i would recommend either watching the episodes individually every now and again when you need a little pick me up or just in like two or three episode bursts well, it's fun, it is very slow-paced. But, again, overall good show, great dub, thumbs up. I'm on. Yeah, this this uh, this was an absolute delight to listen to. Um, this is a really fun show. Uh, my tastes in anime tend to air towards things that are often like very dramatic or action-filled, high stakes, what have you. So this is actually just a really nice change of pace of having something that... It's not small, but, like, you know, the stakes are usually, like, you know, I've upset my girlfriend because I didn't eat her cookies because they were too cute. <laughs> Help me win her back. And it's just, and it's so enjoyably relaxed and low-key and feels like the kind of thing, you know, you, you've had a long day, you can throw on an episode of Tanaka-kun, and it'll make you feel better. And I think the dub helps a lot with that. I think it's really well produced. I think the performances are wonderful. They're very true to the characters. I think the direction of writing is really strong. This is just so pleasant to watch. I feel this, this feels like a weird show that I could recommend to just about anybody because I feel like anyone can get into this and just enjoy it. It's really nice. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy I watched this because I feel like this is something that... I might have just ended up putting it off for a long time because it's like, oh, this seems nice, but other thing, other thing. And I'm happy that I got to watch this now instead. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely follow up those sentiments. Uh, this is a show that I really like uh, in the vein that um, I've always never really been into the uh, cute girls doing cute girl, like cute stuff thing. But I oddly was into this and luckily this is kind of more of a mixed gender comedy this is a show i can easily recommend to anybody uh and especially i can recommend it in english i think the script work on this is phenomenal uh, i think the casting works really well um the lucky thing i do i don't know if i agree with uh you shouldn't binge watch this because i binged watched all of this today and i loved it and it felt like it flew by it felt like this show went by too fast for me of all things uh, but I think that's because I really enjoy it. Um, and usually things I enjoy are done too soon. But um, I think this is honestly one of the things that I, I didn't expect the dub of this to be as strong as it was. Uh, and I'm I'm really happy. It's just a downside that it is in a... Uh, this came out very early this year, if I'm correct. Um... I have to check the release date on this because I want to say it came out like super, super early this year. Um, so, uh, it's kind of sad that this isn't a, a, uh, a dub year that is just very stacked overall. And I, I don't even know if it's the strongest dub Sentai has put out this year, which is saying something. Um, because usually Sentai has, Sentai can still be a little bit hit or miss for me, but this is a very strong hit. Uh, that being said, if you would like to watch Tanaka Kun is always listless, you can buy it on home video from Sentai Filmworks, both in a regular or a very nice limited edition that I believe is still in print. Uh, if you would like to watch the show, you can watch the dub on High Dive, and I believe the sub, but you can also watch the subtitle version on Crunchyroll, if I'm still correct. 
Um, the original manga is not out in the United States yet, so if you would like to be this to be brought over so you can check out the original manga this is based off of, uh, you can go ahead and bug your uh, manga site. Though I do heavily suggest Seven Seas, mm-hmm. uh, using the Seven Seas monthly manga survey of what series that you would like. Uh, with that being said, we have enough time, so everybody go in a circle and plug yourself, starting with Noah. Oh, absolutely. I, I've got to plug myself in, because I'm just so low energy now. I need my energy back again. <laughs> That's a filthy lie. I'm always high energy. <laughs> they were making a joke in the chat that everybody felt like they're dead, and I'm like, oh, I take like half a sip of pop, and I've got my energy for the day. <laughs> Meanwhile, I need an ivy drip of espresso. <laughs> Injecting coffee straight into your eyeballs. I, I was questioning this show, like, to get off topic, I was questioning whether or not coffee existed in this universe, because we, because I felt like, Tanaka really needs some coffee in him. But they even counter that because he's drinking pitch black coffee in one episode, and it seems to do nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, the, the guy's You got... hear that, Starbucks? No one can affect <laughs> Tanaka. He is your god. <laughs> he, he will not be, he will be not be brought back to life by your Vente cinnamon pumpkin lattes. None. Where was I? I was talking about plugging myself. So yeah, so if you wish to follow me specifically on Twitter, I have an account, at NoahClue, where I discuss the cartoons of the world all over the place. Uh, right now I'm watching everything from the new stuff in the simulcast season to cartoons from 1958. Good times. Also, follow me on Twitter because I also have two adorable kids, and we just carved pumpkins for Halloween, and they turned out awesome. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is Journey Traveler, to be continued on that one. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Roots of Justice, mainly just retweet cute animal pics and funny stuff, and occasionally talk about fandom stuff and anime, cartoons, movies, that kind of thing. It's a fun time, why don't you come say hi? And, um... I actually do have an idea on what I want to do with my blog, and as soon as I remember the password to it, I'm planning to get started on that. Uh, you can follow me at US on Twitter. Duel has two U's in it. Uh, where I talk about movies and comics and music and retweet things and all that good stuff. You should come on by. Uh, I also have a very infrequently updated blog at worldthatscoming.blogspot.com, which... Maybe we'll get a post. Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, and as tradition for these episodes, I have a dusty old song to recommend. Uh, I have two, actually, because I cannot in good conscience recommend one of them. For this episode, I thought, what's a listless song? And I thought of one. It's called Thursday Afternoon. It's by Brian Eno. It is an hour-long ambient track. <laughs> It is great if you are in the mood, but if you are not in the mood for hour-long ambient tracks, it is very boring. <laughs> so in turn, I also just another song that is not quite about being listless, but is about doing nothing on purpose, which is uh, Dock of the Bay. Oh my god, are no, you I'm going to recommend Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding, oh. which is not quite... not. Oh, yes, very good song. Which is, which is not quite what... Uh, I, thought, I thought you were going to... I was say... not going to suggest a lazy song. I have taste, thank you. Okay, okay, alright. Who do you take me for? Almost like, get that, fu- get that weak-ass shit out of my house, boy! <laughs> look, look, it, look, the fact that I'm a music snob is unfortunate, but that I am who I am. 
better embrace it. Um, I mean, yes. I'm good with <laughs> I'm good with a fog hat uh, slow ride myself, but also that's good. Me. Um, Dock of the Bay is not quite what uh, Tanaka is doing, but I feel like he, I feel like it's it's tale of not doing anything would resonate with him nonetheless. So listen to that if you like. Anyway, uh, my name is Megan. You can follow me at QueenEuro2 on Twitter, where I shitpost and whine about my daily life. You can also hang out with me, uh, Classy and Hardy, on the Funimation forums and Discord. Uh, with that being said, um, we are done. I still can't believe the episode is as long as it's going to be. <laughs> Thank you guys for spending my birthday with me. Um, my actual birthday will be Happy spent... Oh wait, we can't do that. We can't do that, guys. We're gonna get sued. No, 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 no! It's not copy. It's not under copyright anymore. Uh, we can totally do it. It's not. You can't. It was never copyright to begin with. Those bastards I was were gonna say, claiming the shit out of that song. I was gonna say. Uh, I'm actually spending my real birthday dining in the house of Noah's greatest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Oh, it's gonna be a very magical birthday with that kid. Good night, kids. Oh, talk away, my friends. Yeah. Oh, but. Mickey, let go of Megan. You don't you don't need her. You've got enough. You've got enough Floridians in your clutches. Please let her go. Give her oh. back to us. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? I will not fight half of Florida. No! Oh, 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 oh Lance, I touched the sun That's on my cocaine. Oh, you cannot stop me. Alright, cl close the episode. I am getting in a car and I am driving my ass to Florida right now. Alright, finish this episode up. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. Where's my car keys? <laughs> Where's the fucking Tylenol?